Episode 41, Chickens. The myth of overpopulation originated in England in 1798, when a vicar named Thomas Malthus, who fancied himself something of a mathematician, saw that food production increased incrementally, but people reproduced exponentially. He sat down and did some simple math, and summarily decided that the world would be out of food by 1890. He blamed reduced mortality rates, then recommended killing off the have-nots of society, lest the haves starve to death. This cry was taken up by Paul Ehrlich of Stanford University in 1968, who claimed that reckless human reproduction had overwhelmed the Earth. Massive famines would result, which would destroy, best case scenario, one-fifth of humanity by the end of the 70s. And the planet would follow. This fear produced large donations for the newly created UNFPA, which thrives on an imagined crisis that has been both imminent and rescheduled again and again over the past two centuries. The truth of the matter is that every family on this planet could have a house with a yard and all live together on a landmass the size of Texas, which is really just a small corner of the planet. The population of Earth will peak in 30 years and then start to go back down. We're not overpopulated. Do the math. Welcome to another quality episode of Jay Won't Darts Podcast, where I talk about things that live in my backyard. My intro is from overpopulationisamyth.com. I'd mentioned overpopulation as being a danger in an earlier episode. Perhaps I were wrong. Going to overpopulationisamyth.com doesn't take very long, so why not do it? My father recently brought home some chickens, two hens and a rooster. I'm against having pets, but having spent time with these lovely birds, I'd find it hard to send these chickens on their way. I've never really liked cats or dogs. I find them noisy and messy, but birds and insects have always been very dear to me. I'll read from Wikipedia. Chickens are omnivores. In the wild, they often scratch at the soil to search for seeds, insects, and even larger animals such as lizards or young mice. Chickens may live for 5 to 11 years, depending on the breed. In commercial intensive farming, a meat chicken generally lives only six weeks before slaughter. A free-range, or organic meat chicken, will usually be slaughtered at about 14 weeks. Hens of special laying breeds may produce as many as 300 eggs a year. After 12 months, the hen's egg-laying ability starts to decline, and commercial laying hens are then slaughtered and used in baby foods, pet foods, pies, and other processed food. The world's oldest chicken, according to Guinness Book of World Records, died of heart failure when she was 16 years old. At the back of this house there are a few brick sheds, a glass house and a chicken coop are the main ones. If you go to my Flickr account, which I'll link to on my blog, jwontdart.blogspot.com, you can see photos and even videos of the chickens and where they are living. I'll play the audio from the videos in this episode, but it's much better, of course, if you can see the chickens for yourself. I tried to record the noises they make by taking my laptop into the chicken coop. It was a little difficult. I didn't want to get smeared chicken poo on my power book, but I somehow pulled it off. They are very quiet normally, but they talk most of the day, talking to each other with little noises. They like to stay near each other at all times. This is one clip I've made of the chickens talking to each other. Mister. 
Here I am feeding the rooster grain. He picks food from your hand. This hurts a little bit. <laughs> Feels a bit like a hard flick. Ow, that one hurt. <clears throat> he's pretty <laughs> he's pretty accurate. He doesn't really miss, but it's still a little bit sharp. Good chickens. Having just moved here, they're still very nervous about where they live. The chickens stay together at all times, and I think they must be very scared of us. I try and be as nice as I can to them. I call out before I go into the chicken coop, so that I can get them used to my voice, so they know to expect someone to come crashing through the door. I feed them grain and chicken mash, and put water in a large saucer for them to drink from, although I haven't seen them drink much yet. When chickens do drink, they sort of, they peck at the water, and then they have to tilt their heads back so that the water can run down. Chickens aren't, <laughs> they're not that good at drinking water. <laughs> the hens in particular are extra scared. Boy chickens, roosters, and girl chickens, hens, are very different from each other. It's kind of like the 1950s, where women stayed at home and raised the children, while the men were police, chasing bad guys and protecting the community. The hens seem almost petrified if they're ever out of sight of the rooster. They really need him to lead them. I think this is because they trust him so much, and they get so very nervous at the moment, having just been brought here. On my Flickr account, you can see this video, where I give a little tour of where these chickens live. This is our backyard. Lots of birds and plants. A pond there. We've got a greenhouse there. And this is where the chickens are going to live. I'll move back a bit. It's the door in. It's another brick building. I'll just go in. Hi chickens. This is the chicken keeps. So I'll just close the door so they don't escape. It's the chickens they're eating at the moment. Still pretty scared of us, they're just near here. We've got some water and they've got some grain and chicken mash. There's three. Two hens and a rooster. The rooster's on the right at the front. So there's an orange hen and an orange rooster and a black hen at the back. <laughs> so this is where they, they nest. We've got some straw in there. This is the rest of the room. It looks quite dingy at the moment, a lot of cobwebs. The floor. There's a second room here. They haven't really gone into this room yet, but it's more a storage room. They haven't been brave enough to go in here yet. That's the door we came in. Through. Looking up websites on how to care for chickens, many start off saying that chickens are lovely animals to keep as pets, and then once they get to a suitable size, you kill them for meat! Cripes! One cited an in-depth tutorial on how to kill them, how to pull their guts out right. On that website, there were ads that were related to do with meat grinders, lamb chops, lambs, eels, oysters, 
Ostriches, brains, crabs, sushi. I got off that site in a hurry. I've been reminded of a podcast episode debating veganism and a standard diet which includes animal byproducts. In this debate, the person who eats animal products defends it because he sees chickens as very stupid animals. This is from the Debate Hour podcast, which you can find a few free episodes of on iTunes by searching for Debate Hour. But, uh, but it's, a, it's a matter of tolerances. For me, uh, personally, you were asking earlier about you know, how can I logically be okay with, with eating it. It's a measure of tolerances. Uh, to eat a human, that isn't, I cannot tolerate eating human. A chimpanzee, a dolphin, something like that is beyond my tolerances for eating its meat. A cow or a chicken or a fish or a shrimp is within my personal tolerances for the amount of suffering. Right. Just as, as you wipe down a table uh, with a disinfectant, you're killing you know, millions of bacteria, and that is tolerant to you, I assume. Yes, those are living creatures. Yet yeah, they they don't they don't uh, display Suffer. any significant level of sentience. Now, do chickens? Have you ever met a chicken? Have you ever been around chickens for any length of time? I personally have never been around actual chickens. I've been I on have near chicken farms, and they smell pretty bad. Yes, they they smell horrendous. But I I have, and they are some of the most. They're basically inanimate objects that move. I mean, they are the most endlessly <laughs> stupid thing. I'm sure you've heard the stories of chickens having their head cut off, and they live for a length of time afterwards. If, if that body can live without the brain, I don't uh, know the that brain must not be that important. They're actually living. They're just, they're, their nerves just sort of uh, keep no, their I mean, body going. No, I have read accounts of, of the body actually, you know, putting food down the throat and it's surviving for days, if not weeks, mm -hmm. after the head has been cut off. I don't know if anyone else has heard about this, but I have. It does just go show how little important that particular nerve cluster is in the top of their skull. Uh, that is why I feel, no, <laughs> I, feel, I feel no guilt whatsoever eating a chicken because it is, it's like a fish. It's almost it's completely non-sentient in my eyes. What a load of rubbish. Chickens are very much living, feeling animals. I do notice that they move oddly. Every move a chicken makes is a jerk. They don't move that smoothly. They whir and click, as if they have gears with cogs inside their bodies. They have to stop at certain points, as the cogs catch. This looks pretty odd, the way they jerk so much, but it's endearing. Not a reason to hate chickens. It's a bird thing. Chickens definitely care about each other. As I said, the hens always want to stay with the rooster. When a rooster finds food, he often calls the hens over to eat. He looks after them. And of course, we all know how maternal hens are. It's used as a description of mothers. You're like a mother hen. Or as women age, they become broody when they want to settle down and have children. Chickens may not be as smart as some animals, but there's no doubt that they can feel just as well as any other animal, including people. From being around chickens, there's certainly no reason I can see for eating them. Thank you for listening. You can find the script for this episode, as well as downloads for every episode of Jay Won't Dart's podcast at jwontdart.blogspot.com. If you want to contact me, even just to say you listened, send an email to jwontdart at gmail.com. jwontdart at gmail.com. I'd appreciate it. Have a super happy day. Bye. We turn our attention to another emerging business scandal. Soon, you may not be getting all the email that will be sent to you. If you have a computer, Rob Corddry has a story you don't want to miss. The economy has yet to rebound, and no new jobs are being created. But Coloradan Scott Richter has managed to find work in one of the only growth industries. 
I'm a high volume email deployer. High volume email deployer. What we do is not spamming, it's high deployment email sending. We send out several hundred million emails a day. It's a public service Richter and other high volume emailers provide to customers who depend on receiving emails to learn about valuable products like Viagra and information about grandma's pension for youngsters. People look forward to receiving mail. They call us, email us. We didn't get our offer today. <laughs> what did we miss? <laughs> and we're like, hey, calm down, it's coming. You know, people enjoy getting email about our Viagel. People enjoy getting email about our Energizer. What is Viagel? It's a uh, female clitorious uh, simulation cream. Uh-huh. And do you put this right on the clitorius? Um, you know, I, I haven't actually used it. But the government is trying to prevent millions of clitoriuses located here from being stimulated. Colorado State Senator Joan Fitzgerald is trying to pass legislation that would make sending misleading email illegal. This is about consumer protections and privacy protections. Spam is intrusive. Uh, 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 high volume email. Well, it's a good euphemism. It's a great spin. They're still spammers. This is pork barrel politics at its worst. How so? It's so, so. You have no idea what pork barrel politics are, do you? Do you? Pork barrel politics usually puts money into the system. Oh, is that what they taught you in lady senator school? Just because the message may crash your computer and can be used to steal personal information, that's no reason for the government to kill the messenger. Why do you think the government doesn't want you making $20,000 a day? Well, that's, that's, that's simple. That's the easiest question there is. Because the U.S. Postal Service is saying, hey, we need help. We're getting killed here. This guy can send email. He's not wiping out the rainforest. So what are we going to do with all these little white trucks? we got to get this guy to either pay 37 cents and buy some stamps or we're done. So that's what it's about. Uncle Sam wants a taste of the female arousal cream game. Yeah. People want the email. That's what people don't understand. You're providing a service like a, like a garbage man, except in reverse. But the post office's insistence on protecting its little white trucks and destroying the rainforest isn't the only thing Richter needs to worry about. There's a few out there, anti-spammers, who, yeah, they don't want it. Anti-high-volume email deployers. Anti-high, that doesn't make any sense. We're email deployers. They're, they're not email deployers. No, they are anti-high-volume oh, email see, deployers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, these, these anti-high-email-volume anti deployer uh, anti-spammers. They actually attack Richter by flooding his computer servers with email. They use deceptive practices to invade my privacy. They, they make up lies. They, they say whatever they want to. So they're able to hide anonymously on the Internet and bombard you with emails you never asked for and disrupt your business. They operate like terrorist groups. They're, they're, they're hidden. They, they you know, don't identify who they are. They, they, you know, like I said, they, they attack you when nobody's looking. Why are you hiding in the shadows attacking him? Oh, I'm not hiding in the shadows at all. What do you mean? Bringing a bill forward publicly, it gets testimony in committee. Scott Richter's invited to testify as our all citizens of the state. You are a wildcat. I like that. Scott Richter remains confident the government will not be able to shut down his business, which leaves just one final question.
What's your personal email address? It's scottrichter422 at yahoo.com. scottrichter422 at yahoo. Do you mind if we put that up on the screen? Well, I'd prefer you, you don't. Okay. We won't. Bob Corger. We'll be right back.